Nothing But The Words, episode number 47, your next chapter. Welcome to Nothing But The Words, the podcast that gives you everything you need to know to write a phenomenal book. Now here's your host, your author coach, Candace L. Davis. Hey there, and welcome to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candace L. Davis, and today we have a very special episode. I'm actually interviewing a client and friend about a book that we worked on together this year. She is an amazing author and an amazing thinker, which is one of the things I love about working with her. Let me read you her bio so you know exactly who I'm talking about. Angela Raspis is a Sydney-based business mentor, speaker, author, podcaster, and self-worth advocate with a particular passion for supporting women to step into their next chapter and do the work in the world they're here for. From New Zealand to Australia, from a corporate career to motherhood, from freelance marketing to building an agency, from soul-destroying addiction to personal transformation, And from business consulting to mentoring, Angela has a richly textured story with empathy, optimism, and wisdom at its core. Angela, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Oh, that's a big claim, that last one, isn't it? But I'm going to go with it. (laughs) You've got this, girl. Look, you you can claim it because it's true. (laughs) Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I'm delighted. I, I miss talking to you with that process we went through all the time when we were writing, but it's just lovely to be back in touch again. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I'm going to, for those of you who are watching video, instead of instead of listening to audio, you'll be able to get a quick look at the cover of Angela's book, Your Next Chapter. And Angela, I want you to tell us about this book. What's it about? Who's it for? Why did you write it? Oh, look, it was it was a culmination of, of I guess, um, life experience, Candice, which I guess a lot of authors say. But when I was back at the on the cusp of what I call the next chapter, which was not happy with what's going on, but not confident about what I was going to step into, yeah. I didn't have any sort of guide. It was like you know, it was work it out as you go, which I guess is what we all do. But there was so much fear that was there about yeah. this in particular. There's and I talk about in the book a couple of really pivotal moments. But the one that is most logical from a business perspective is that I had that agency that I'd built from home, you know, dining room table, and then it got bigger and I went to service offices, then I got staff and it got bigger. I was following that trajectory that we're all supposed to follow, but I'd never paused and taken a breath. And I found myself slammed, you know, trying to juggle kids and and be a wife and a mother and an employer and a businesswoman. And I was I was exhausted and I was really cranky at myself because I thought it was because I couldn't, you know, hack the pace, as we say Mm. here in Australia. Um, and I had this, I like, come to Jesus moment of like drinking so much Red Bull and smoking cigarettes and just getting resentful and thinking that I shouldn't be because I had, you know, success, but felt like crap on the inside. Wow. And it was when I look back, it took me a while to actually acknowledge and accept what was happening, the discontent to build the desire, which was what do I want instead, and then to step into it. And I realized that the thing that was holding me back was, was self-doubt in a big way of could I actually at 42 back then, that was a while ago, <laughs> at 42, could I chuck it all away and actually pivot, or as we've been saying here, pirouette, because we're sick of pivot, pirouette <laughs> into the next chapter. Because it was a bit scary. Why did it all go wrong? You know, just suck it up, girl, and get on with it. Yeah. But I eventually let go. 
And then when I was doing my mentoring over the last, you know, 10 years, I've seen so many other women going through exactly the same arc. And so I actually saw this, this cycle that was happening and I managed to capture it and get it down in a visual model. And then I went, you know what, I'm going to find out what's underneath each of these. And you know what, I'm going to write a book because writing a book, I got to say, I am such a, such a hog for books. I love them. Mm. I read constantly. And there's always been this wee desire inside to contribute and have my wee book sitting on a bookshelf somewhere. But I was pretty scared about doing that too. But um, I knew that it was important and I knew it's important for us when we have that real, that that calling that doesn't go away. It's always sitting there. We we need to turn and acknowledge it and allow it to step forward and, and, um, and be fully seen. And so I gathered my courage, spoke to you and we got started. So you said some so many good things in there, but one thing I don't want to skip over is that you had created a successful business. You had done what most of us set out and are told we should be trying to do. Yep. So you had reached the point that most of us are striving to reach, but you were not happy or satisfied with what you had. No, I think that the reason for that is that well, there's an expression I use in the book a lot, just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. And a lot of us, when we leave corporate world, and you know, speaking with my experience, but also looking at a lot of other clients that I've worked with, we look at the world and go, okay, what will we do? Yeah. Oh, look, I was a marketer. Therefore, I will become a freelance marketing consultant. Yeah. It's logical. We use our skills. And that's a perfect place to start. But if we don't dial up our self-awareness and listen internally to what's going on for us, we can end up just going down a path that just happens without actually any conscious choice. And that's the part that I I want other women to avoid. Otherwise you might find yourself at the same way, bang, up against that wall. So we need to bring in our values as well. Mm -hmm. So what is important to us? Because those values need to be in action in our business. And there's another we model that popped up as I went along, which has contribution, fulfillment, financial reward. You need all three to have like a wholehearted, sustainable business. And I personally, look, I think obviously money is important. It's not that I don't like money. Money is important. But if it's the only thing that we focus on instead of that feeling of, of contribution and the fulfillment that comes from it, then it's it's not going to last. Yeah. And I don't want a business to be a flash in the pan. Like the world's changed. I expect I'm 51, almost 52, and I expect to be working for myself for quite a while. And that's a desire as well as an expectation. And you can't do that when you are just doing what you can as opposed yeah. to what what calls you, what fulfills you, where the need in the world is that you're responding to. So all of those pieces are just so vital. You keep giving me so much to work with here. I'm like, where are I want to go <laughs> So it's so interesting. I will turn 50 tomorrow and hey. I'm Super excited. The big so, birthday. That's fabulous. I'm real. I mean, people keep saying you're on quarantine. What are you going to do? It's going to be good. Don't worry about it. But <laughs> so many of my friends are talking about retirement. So they have been in the same job with a corporation or with a government agency since we graduated college together or shortly thereafter. And they're talking about retirement. And when they ask me, Candace, are you thinking about retiring soon? I'm like, wait, what? Then what would I do? Like, I love what I do. Why would I retire? And so it sounds like you have no desire to retire anytime soon. Like you are in doing what you love. 
Absolutely. And that, that's the key. Like, but there's more, there's other pieces that sit underneath it, that doing what you love energizes you. It enthuses you. That enthusiasm is contagious and it lifts other people as well. Because life is not about just being inspired. It's how you inspire others to see themselves as well. That's yeah. something I truly believe. And if you are in your, your zone, like the thing that you are here for now, and I don't mean, you know, purpose with a capital P, I want you to be in the landscape of all the people pieces that excite you. There's many different aspects of my business and what I do now that really light me up. There's parts that that still ain't that great. So I outsource those. <laughs> but it's but it's when you're in this the, the sweet spot where those three pieces are coming together, why would I want to stop doing this? Yeah. Now, but I will get to choose. I might not want to work 60, 50, 40, 30, 20 hours. I might just work 10 hours a week, whatever. But it's about creating the recipe that works for you. And yeah, I can't, I, I don't see in the the close future stopping what I'm doing. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. But I want it to see the reason it can continue with, with more ease is because it fits me. Yeah. You know, I've got my, my clothing on. I'm not trying to squeeze into somebody else's costume. And so it's easy to walk through the world when, when, the, when the garments you've got on fit you properly. That's so, how it feels to me. I loved when you said you're not talking about purpose with a capital P. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I find so many people that I talk to, even new authors, maybe they're writing a book to try to pivot their lives or pirouette to another direction. (laughs) I I love that. I will be using that. Um, But they are very much under a pressure to fulfill, to discover and find their one purpose as if there's just one thing. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's just too restrictive. I think that puts too much pressure on us. And I think what it does is that it makes us a bit myopic and we don't like put our head up and look around at other possibilities. I've, I've got my personal belief is that we are wired in certain ways. Like I'm an expressive, like I will talk the leg. I'm very good at listening as well, but I'm a talker. I'm like, I can't keep my hands down. Like I've got to throw them around. (laughs) Uh, If I look back through the stories of my life, like when you've got your self-awareness dialed up, I can see that I have always been like that. So my purpose overall is to inspire people, to help them see that they can, whatever it is. But my purpose plays out in lots of different ways. So I like the feeling, and I can't remember where I first read it, but the feeling of being purposeful Mm -hmm. rather than on purpose because on purpose suggests that you can fall off purpose and get it wrong. We're being purposeful. If my intention is always to help people borrow their belief, my belief in them until they have it for themselves, then I, I was doing that as a kid. I do that with my mentoring clients. I do that when I'm at a recovery meeting and speaking. You know, I do that through the book. So I'm expressing myself in a purposeful way. And that to me feels roomier. And I think if we all look back, we can find those threads and see how whatever the thing is that you're drawn to, you've been expressing it in different ways throughout. Yeah. So don't get all like, what is the one thing? Because then you'll just like stay in your room and sort of suck your thumb. So you're like gibbering, like I can't find it yet. And we don't need that. we got to be out there discovering it. Like it becomes, you know, when you start taking the steps, you just follow what feels good and you keep going rather than wait and get, get the map all right before you venture out the door. That's my feeling. You, so one of the things when we were working together, you use the term middle age. We're middle age women. Like you embrace that term, which I love because I 
I celebrate my age. I feel like it's a gift to get to another year. It's a gift to get to another day. I'm celebrating every year. So how did that play into the person you were writing for? Is is this book written for a middle-aged woman or is it really for anyone who wants to step into doing something new in their lives? I got to be honest, that's a concept that I struggled with because I felt in some ways, you know, I'm the voice of midlife, you know, um, because that's where I am. I'm not expecting to live past 100, so I'm definitely at midlife. Um, And so I could speak to my experience, which is most easily heard and related to by someone who is of my generation. You know, I'm Generation X. Uh, we we grew up with very, yep, hands up there. We grew up, we're quite a narrow generation in terms of timing. And we grew up with a, an interesting interplay of things that were going on around us. We were being told that, you know, girls can do anything. That was the campaign that I grew up with. But that, like, <laughs> I remember seeing um, a meme once that talked about knowing that I could have it all. I didn't realize I had to do it all. Ooh. And it was, and that was that type of sandwich that we got stuck in of of like more, 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 you know, power dressing and shoulder yes. pads and, and the whole kit and caboodle and, and just striving on and doing and not stopping and questioning and checking in. And suddenly we, we find ourselves often in, in our 40s as if we've had children, as they start to get a little bit older and a bit more time, at least in our headspace opens up, we start to think, how the hell? did I get here? Like, and is this really what I want? And I I spoke from a businesswoman's perspective because so many of us, you know, it's like 38%, I think was the figure in the book. I don't have it in front of me that have our own businesses. So that was the woman I was speaking to. But then as I talked to other women about it and, and yourself, the recognition was that hitting a next chapter doesn't have an age definition. It's more of a feeling inside. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, an age is just a number. I mean, we all know that, but it's more about getting to that stage and, and feeling the discontent and the sort of dismay. I thought I'd be happy with this, yeah. but I'm not. Is that okay? Can I actually, can I actually move into the next stage, the next chapter? So although it was written with a slant of midlife, because yeah. that's who I am. I can see its relevance to anyone, any woman who is, and men as well, but mainly women, any women, any woman who is thinking, I'm not happy, what's next? So it's that oscillation, like, because, you know, the next chapter change cycle says discontent, desire, decision, a design, deliver. That's the cycle. But in the middle is decision and doubt. So in the middle is doubt. And it's that doubt that we all experience in different ways. And it comes back to, I believe, the self-doubt underneath that is the the, the disconnection from self-worth. Mm-hmm. We don't, we question if we are able, we question if we are worthy, even if we don't use those words. Long answer. See, I'm good at long answers. <laughs> long answer, but so on point. So For the person who's listening to this and saying, well, listen, I'm barely 40 and I have a successful job. I'm just not happy doing this. Maybe they, I talked to so many lawyers who went to law school, studied for the bar, passed the bar, really want to do something else now. They just are over it, but they're not sure what the next thing should be. Will Mm. your book, will your next chapter help them figure out what that next thing should be? 
Yes, but I put dot, dot, dot after that because there isn't a, okay, here's a grab bag of like and and find your thing in here. It's more about the internal questioning than it will prompt and giving people permission to look back because, you know, life is lived forward but it's understood backwards, which is a quote I got out, I got from, from I think it was a, a Swedish gentleman that's in the book and I loved that when I came across it. And it's like when we connect those threads together and we find out, like if you're a lawyer, if you study that, if you can go back and find the pieces that are enjoyable, because not all of it is, but there's pieces that will be things that that would that drew you to it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And then it's a, a looking at how can I utilize those in a different way. I mean, one of the one of the things that's associated with the book, once you've got a copy, is you have access to some bonus tools, mm-hmm. one of which is a program, a free a free short program called your journey board which takes people the very first step in that module in that in that program is to look back at what i call the 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 peaks and the rocks like the highlights and the lowlights throughout the decades that you've been through so far and using those to help you understand ah this is what lit me up Mm. so to help you sort of begin to map the next steps through so the book gets you started and then that helps you actually go through that particular process so will it help you absolutely because it will give you some tools to work with will it tell you this is the thing no that's an internal landscape that that we want to travel through and find where those highlights and lowlights are so that you can start to work out your next path. Yeah, I think one of the gifts for me, at least of middle age, is that I no longer want anyone to tell me. <laughs> when I was younger, I just wanted someone to tell me what to do. And yeah. at this point, I realized that that just doesn't yeah. work. We have to Google inside. <laughs> we have to Google inside. Yes. Google yourself. <laughs> yeah. Before you default. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful gift of, of getting a little older as well, yeah. is that we start to move away from the need for approval. Like, yes. oh, this is the thing. I don't care if you don't think this is a thing. I, this is the thing for me and that's okay. And that's, that's actually, that's like an exhale. Yeah we can exhale. It's, it feels good. Absolutely. So just in the short time that we've been talking, self-worth has come up and I will, <laughs> I will just share this with everyone. I once used the term self-esteem when Angela and I were talking and she reached all the way from Australia and smacked my hand. <laughs> so tell it me, <laughs> it was a love tap, but it was hard. So tell me <laughs> what does self-worth have to do with a woman or even a man's because frankly, anyone could apply this book, but you know, mostly women listen to this podcast. So what would self-esteem have to do with her ability to step into her next chapter? Oh, you said self-esteem. I did say it. I just got slapped again. (laughs) Self-worth for goodness sake. (laughs) But this is Candice. This is a, this is a great example of how a lot of people know about self-esteem, but not a lot of people know about self-worth. Aren't they the same? Well, no, they're not. Uh, The difference between them, if you really would just want to keep it very, very simple, self-esteem comes from external validation, Mm. really. And it can come up and down and up and down. Self-worth is is an inside job. Self-worth is that we're born with it. Just the very fact that we're here makes us worthy. Mm. But competition, um, comparison and conditioning tells us otherwise. So what I'm about is reconnecting people to their sense of self-worth. Because like you think about little baby that's arriving in the world and, and you hold this baby up and you don't say, what have you done for me lately? You know, <laughs> how have you proven yourself? They just are worthy. So we start whole and then yeah. it gets eroded when we start to say, well, you should be like this. And, and you know, it's it's so many things. My God, I could talk about this for hours and will one day. But 
if we do not have this innate friendship with ourselves, if we are not a safe place to land for ourselves, if we do not have our own back, mm. then it makes it very difficult to go out there into a wild world. Yeah. So this connection to like taking care of yourself, speaking to yourself kindly, compassionately, encouragingly, you know, when you, when you, you're more likely to, to try new things when you know that you're going to support yourself. Self-esteem means, what do you think? How did I do? You know, can you, can you give me some gold stars? Yeah. And then what happens when, when that leaves the room, when you're no longer with that person, talking to that coach, you know, standing on that, on that podium, getting the accolades, like when yeah. you're by yourself at 3 a.m., self-worth is what hugs you and tells you that what you're after is possible hmm. and encourage you to keep moving. So that is, that is very simply the difference. It's affirming yourself and it's finding the evidence that you have worth without a doubt. And that really, it, it, it helps you to stand a little taller and give it a go again. You know, there's there's people you think about. I remember reading both um, Brené Brown, who obviously so, talks about worthiness enormously. Yeah. She had to self-publish her first book because mm-hmm. she couldn't find a publisher. Mm-hmm. Right? Can you believe that? Like, and J.K. <laughs> Rowling, no oh. one wanted Harry Potter. Now, if, if their self-esteem was in tatters as a result of that external rejection, yeah. we wouldn't have those bodies of work in the world today. That's why self-worth is so incredibly important. We back ourselves, we keep moving. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a crusade. That is my own next chapter. I love that crusade, actually. I mean, my husband and I, we both will often say to each other, this person has created so much success in whatever field we we're working on at the time. They're no smarter than we are, we would say. But I do think there is an element of their belief in their ability to do it that gets yes. them there faster or gets them there at all. And it's not an ego thing. People get concerned that, oh, am I mm-hmm. being egotistical? No, you're not. This is grounded. It's it's grounded energy that wraps around you so that you can do the work in the world you're here for. Yeah. yeah. So you can be purposeful so that you can, you know, listen to that calling, that inner sage is what I call it. Like the inner critic, yank, 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 yank. she's loud. Yes. Like you'll meet her in the book. My, my inner critic is horrible Helga in high heels. I apologize if your name is Helga. Had to go with the name. Um, <laughs> but underneath that, you know, that, that rowdiness is the inner sage. And she tells me that this is my purposeful work in the world. And yeah. she reassures me. I connect with her and I and I like have to filter out that all of that conditioning. It's a process. There's not a self-worth switch, like, oh look, I flicked the switch, I'm all good now. Hey. Um, there's so many aspects that you know I've really worked on this since I moved into the recovery movements, you know, over 14 years ago now. You know, a big reason why I was um in active addiction was that I'd lost that connection to worthiness. I mm-hmm. didn't think I was worth anything. And that's painful. And so we tend to anesthetize this pain in all different sorts of ways. Okay, but if we can reconnect and there's no need for the anesthetic, so many things become possible. Yeah. So many things do. It's, yeah, it's, I love that. I love that your book talks about that because I can find a million books on how to find your purpose or how to figure out what business you want to do next. But I do think they're largely missing that element because you can have all the information, but if you don't believe that you are capable or worthy, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's just noise. It's just noise. It's like, it just, it just slips off you. I've seen it just so, so, so much. Yeah. 
One of the things you mentioned, you mentioned a couple of um, models that you have used and frameworks and models, listeners, come incredibly easily to Angela. She just kind of dreams them up and then they're, they work really well. So you have at least two. Were there more than two that you had in your book? I'm sure there's a few others. Oh, there's a couple of variations of the, of the model. Yeah. And there's also, there's also concepts like catch and detach. And there's the discontents continuum. There's, there's lots of goodies in there. They're I do like models. Do, do they make, did they make the writing process easier for you? Yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Like the main, the first model, the, the change cycle model, once I had that and I had the stages in it, then that gave the book its structure. Okay. And then other, other models, which I've used throughout my mentoring and other ones that appeared as I was writing. I sort of tapped on my shoulder and said, hello, include me, please. So I but got they're, they're so great because as a reader, I mean, many of us, whether you consider yourself a visual learner or not, having the visual reinforces the lesson that we're trying to get. Yeah. You know, and it makes the organization so much easier. What was surprising to you about the process of writing your book? <sighs> what was surprising? What What did you, what happened that was unexpected or what maybe you thought would be different than it was in the process? I think it was um, that once I got into it, once I allowed myself, this is this is a key one because you and I talked about how the expectations I was placing on myself were freaking heavy because as a reader, as a lover of books, as yes. you explained to me, and this actually set me free because I'd set the bar for myself, like I'm reading Brené Brown and Margie Worrell and, and all these people and going, I could never, I could never. So you know, having to go through my own cycle and recognise that it's okay, you're beginning. I am, you are writing the best possible book you can with assistance at this stage of your development. Once I could fully like actually um, embody that, yeah. Then that set me free. That really set me free because it was like it was staying on my own path. See, because remember I said that comparison point is one of the most dangerous things that just stops us in our tracks. It's what had stopped me for years. And so often people had said to me, oh, my God, you should write a book. And I go, yeah, I should. (laughs) Too scary to start. So it surprised me that once you had shone the light on that, and helped me see it because I was like this. I was just too close to it. Yeah. We all need someone outside of ourselves to help us see what's right in front of our noses. Um, then, then the freedom that that gave me—that that like I'm contributing. I'm not like the be all and end all. I'm contributing, and that and that's okay. So that was that was um, not so much surprising as um, oh, elevating. <laughs> that was a relief. Um, what surprised me was how much editing is involved that surprised me it was like and the the approach when we were talking of like just get that write that chapter then move to the next don't don't go back and pull it to pieces because if you do you'll never get to the next chapter and I was like but 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 we've had this conversation and I know how to just stop get on with okay okay I listened to you I completely listened to you because I knew I was in good hands so it surprised me that I couldn't like perfect that one before I went to the next one but now I totally get why yeah that was surprising. Oh my goodness. There was, it was such a journey of discovery. I'm surprised how much more um, sure I feel about my work now. Mm. It's almost like, because it's like the book or the process of writing the book um, demanded that I think clearly and thoroughly. And so, because, you know, to express it in, on paper made you think 
yeah, deep, more deeply. And so I think that that has helped anchor me into um, the processes that I use and, and to really feel it more so that, yeah, I have something that's, that's very useful. Yeah. And that's what I want. I want to be useful for people. I want the work that I create to be useful, to make a difference for them. And now I feel more grounded into the, um, the value of what it is that I do have to offer in that respect. So wow. that happened as a result of, of writing it through, discussing it, deepening it, expanding it. So that was delicious. But, yeah, the editing, oh, my Lord, I thought once I'd written the damn thing, it was like, well, there you go. But, no, you told me you're going to edit and you're going to edit and you're going to edit, and I edited and edited. <laughs> that surprised me. That's the process. And you know, you that 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 desire to perfect a chapter and move on before you move on to the next one to really keep going back. And that's so natural, right? We yeah. want perfection. And I have friends and colleagues who write that way, but it generally takes them five years or more to produce a book. And we don't want to spend five years. Well, that's actually really funny, is it? Because I'd thought about this for so long and we actually had first spoken. I found one of my because I have lots of journals and it had 2018, my book. Well, what are we now? 2020. So it took a while again. But once I actually decided, once I used my own model, got out of deliberation and into doing, which are the two different phases in, in the model that I have, I'm surprised how quickly it actually came together. Because yeah, I think it was really, when you look at it, it was about six job. months. Yeah, which was fantastic. Because yours, I mean, your book is not, it, it's not some, you know, some of my clients write books that are really short, like half the length of this. And in the same amount of time that it took you to write this one, the difference being, I think you have used this stuff so much. You weren't creating it from scratch. You weren't creating it out of whole cloth. You really were capturing knowledge that you already have. I think that that probably, well, being my first book, I don't, I don't know, (laughs) but I'm assuming (laughs) that that was, um, that that was exact, that that's what made it a little bit easier. Yeah. But there's absolutely no doubt that working with you made uh, made the whole process not just easier, but so much more enjoyable. Oh, so much more enjoyable. I know that. Oh, that was, it was, was fab. And did you hear how I said that's my first book? I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm already excited for the next one. I really am. So, you know, pandemic hit Australia just like it hit, not just like, but as it hit everywhere else. And you have a business and you have a family. So how did you manage to manage your time to get the writing done? Because you, you write a lot. You wrote a significant amount of content. Well, the, um, what I found was I had to find the rhythm that works for me. So I had a tool and I had a rhythm. So um, I'm, look, I'm a Kiwi farm girl, Kiwi being New Zealand. I'm a Kiwi farm girl by origin. I'm used to early mornings. Yeah, I like the mornings. Where I live, we get the morning sunrise. It's beautiful. And so I found the thing that worked best for me was to get up at 6 a.m. when everyone else is still asleep. And I would do a short meditation and then I would get into it. Now, at first, the tool that I was using was I was taught by one of my mentors, which is simple genius mind writing. So genius mind writing, I use normally journaling, like genius mind, what would you have me know today? And and off we go. But she suggested, well, why don't you ask it if it will help you write your book? Because you're basically talking to yourself. So I went, ha, give it a go genius mind, could you help me with chapter one? (laughs) And off we went. And then I'd literally just write. I would just, wouldn't think, I would just write freehand for about, usually about 30 minutes. 
And then I would look at it and I would take it and I'd use the um, the transcription tool Otter. Mm-hmm. AI and and I would read it with this big fat microphone here and then I would download that and that would be the basis of the chapter and then I would go in and start working on the chapter so I had my thoughts down freehand because I am I, I love writing there's yeah. something about the connection between your head heart and paper and pen that seems significant but I'm also a podcaster so I was happy to speak it and then I took it onto the page so I would do that I would get it out of my head so the, the concept of creating before you consume anything anybody else's content and then I'd get it down and then I would go back and work on it later in the afternoon when I'd got all the, the, the family and the work tasks out of the way I gave myself that space and that's pretty much the routine so that happened then I'd send it to you and then we'd go back and forward a little bit and then when I had all the chapters I we we've been really fortunate here we haven't had the same impact with the pandemic so I could still do some traveling around not a huge amount had to stay within my state but I hired an Airbnb house for four days and I said this is the prime editing time so I took all the stuff with me locked myself away literally for four days though I did speak with people online but I just got up in the morning and said today I'm doing chapters one two and three yeah. Tomorrow yeah. I'm doing chapter four next day, and I just did it. Yeah. And I thought that was it, but then it was more. <laughs> but that <laughs> but was that was progress. You made great progress during that time, right? That was that made a big difference. And the really interesting thing, when I read chapter one, I was like, "Oh my god, this is crap." Then I got to chapter two. Well, it's not that bad. And I got chapter three. Oh, it's improving. Chapter four. You know what? I might have a book here. And it was really interesting that seeing the improvements over yeah. time, which you told me would happen, but you know, when you're in the midst of it, you don't necessarily believe that. And then, and then it happens. Yeah, it's it just a skill. Better. It's a skill, and you're practicing it with each chapter. You're practicing it more, right? You can't help but get better at it as you practice it. It's not yeah, a magic absolutely. wand that your favorite authors are not waving a magic wand. They have written and written and written. That's how they've developed that skill. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I I really do understand now. And it was just it was really interesting though to see it in black and white in front of me. And so I lifted the former chapters to sort of match the latter chapters, and and then I had a book. Yes, and, it's, and it was like, oh my gosh, this book is really like I'm. It's one I'm just really in love with it, and part of what I'm in love with. Obviously, I knew the content because I read it as you were writing it for the most part, but it's one of the most beautifully designed books that I've seen in a long time. And I'm including any books. I mean, it's just really, really pretty. Everything is done correctly, which doesn't always happen with self-publishing and independent publishing. Maybe it's the not necessarily the designer's fault sometimes, you know. The author wants something that the designer knows they shouldn't do, but the author insists. And so, you know, it often <laughs> it, it may come out not great, but this book is really beautiful. How did you find the design process? Obviously, you did you hired people. And how was that experience for you? Uh, well, there was there was, there was two different tracks I could have gone down. Okay. Um, I could have gone because I knew that there was I know designers because I've been in that world for my clients for a long time. And I could have done everything myself, but what happened was I became aware of this wonderful woman up in Queensland um, who was like a production um, midwife, I'm going to call her, where she has her stable of of, um, editors and cover designers and inside layout people and printers. So I hired her and and she helped me through the process. You, You filled in all sorts of backgrounds so that she then sort of match made you with people. 
And I had some really, so that was great. I knew I was working with experienced people and I'm pretty good at briefing. I knew, and this is important, I knew what I didn't want. Okay, I'd looked at a lot of books, a lot of self-published books, and and I knew that I wanted my book to feel as though, you know, it would be at home in a in a bookshop if, if yes. it ever if it ever gets there, like a physical bookshop, because that's still a goal. And so they gave me so much great material to work with and, and ideas, and I combined those with what I loved with books that I you know have on my shelf, and we just kept iterating. It took you know a few times to go through but it was so worth it and I yeah. knew that I was in good hands so I could I could trust that it was all going to come together because I was working with experienced people yeah it's really I mean it is it's gorgeous it feels good in my hand yeah. it feels you know substantial the layout is great they're just like the, all the nitpicky things that I often look at a book and say oh if only mm. they had gotten that right <laughs> <laughs> it is when it arrived because I, I got proof gorgeous. copies. I used a I used a local printer as well. Yeah. So like I have five hundred copies because I sell them from my website. I mean you can get it on all the you know, the different um, online stores, yeah. but I really wanted to support a local printer. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to have them in my hands. And he was fantastic. He brought me, you know, sample papers. I didn't like the first paper. It didn't feel right. I didn't want bright white. I wanted something that, again, felt like it was in a bookshop. And the first ones didn't work because the models went through the paper and he went and sourced. He was just lovely. Really great guy. So it wasn't, it was, I was a part of it, but I was surrounded by really good people, great at their trade. So yes, I had to invest to get that. It was a significant investment, but my goodness, the feeling when I hold it in my hands, I I get little goosebumps in my own. It's like, oh my God, this is my book. And it does. It feels it feels really cool because it it has got that that love infused in it. Every person who had a a role, be it the layout person, the gorgeous woman who did that the you know, the, the cover, mm. um, everyone is so good at their craft and loved their craft. It just, it feels like a, we love fest in there. <laughs> love and talent, love, love and skill went together in it. So it was great. Yeah. They, they did a wonderful job and you're right. It is an investment. It costs money. Those are professionals you're working with yeah. and they, they expect to be paid as professionals, but it presents the book presents you, it represents you in an incredibly professional way because a lot of times People can't get past a bad cover to discover great content, right? So the fact that you have a beautiful cover will just pull more people in. So as the author expert, what do you want your next chapter, the book, to do for you and your business or your future? What do you want from it? I guess there's, I wrote the book with, with, and thinking about that, the reasons for it. I mean, number one, I, it was very much a, a personal odyssey. Like it was really important that instead of just going, oh, I'm going to, I'd like to, that I actually did. So, you yeah. know, tick box, number one. Um, number two, I want it to be a catalyst for for a person who reads it because we transform in private when we're reading a book. So I, I want a woman to have that experience that I've had when I've been reading a book and I've just stopped and gone, oh. Whoa. And suddenly this new possibility, like that you hadn't thought of until you hit that page becomes possible for you. Like, and I know in my heart that that's happening when people are reading this book and that just excites me no end. Then I got to number three, the third reason, which was what, what do I want this book to do for my business? Well, for me, it's like, it's a, it's a discovery. It's a discovery path. So it almost, it doesn't, 
it's not the word legitimizes me because I'm already bloody legitimate. I'm worthy. But suddenly it, it, it has my thoughts in a way that is far more easily accessible to somebody. And so to me, it is a pathway to coming into my world and the type of things that you can then um, hire me for, you know, get involved with with me and dive deeper in. So I'm utilizing it as like a signpost. But yeah. to do that, I need to market it. Like, like, you know, I'm going into a whole new phase now. Yes, I've written it. Yes, I've got the thrill of all the boxes you know, that are yeah. in the back room. Yes, I've got the delight of sending books out every day. And we got a beautiful bookmark designed and, and all that sort of stuff. But the hard the hard work, inverted commas, starts now. By hard, I don't mean like backbreaking, yeah. but I mean consistent. Like the book does not market itself. I'm hoping for good word of mouth, but hope is not a marketing strategy. So I need to actually um, put in place, you know, distinctive strategies that that help to um, get the book into more hands and therefore expand my reach and my impact in the world. So that's what it is. That's the purpose of it in my business. It is a doorway and a pathway as long as I make sure that door is open. Yeah. If I don't market it, the door still only stays a little bit ajar. I want it wide open. So that's my focus next. That is so huge because I think we can get so caught up in the writing process, which takes so much of us. We pour ourselves into the book and we think we're done. And then there's the design process. We pour yeah. ourselves in. Well, there's still more work to be done on the other end of that, right? You can't just put it on Amazon or even in your local bookstore and hope that people are going to find it. No, no. Because a few not, will. A few will. Not enough. But, but not, not enough. enough, not enough, not no. Enough. Yeah, and when you put this much time, effort, energy, and even money into writing and producing your book, you want to get a return on it, and you also want readers to get the benefit from it. Yeah, you absolutely. It out there. Absolutely, and I and I know that that is the next stage, and I'm fine with that. I enjoy that, but I had to I had to ground myself and remind myself because one of my <laughs> there's a concept of being in the in the balcony or the basement of your strengths. So I'm an action taker, right? I make things happen. It's just it's just the way I've always been. Why I do things quickly, I talk quickly, I think quickly, I act quickly, and often that's really good, but often that's really bad yeah. <laughs> because like I'll be oh next 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 sort of thing. And a girlfriend I was talking to has written five books herself. And I was saying, and I'm going to do this and this. And she was going, this we're talking about next year. And she said, what about your book? <sighs> yeah. Don't you have like boxes of that book in your back room? Yes. Well, why, why isn't that your key focus for January? Not all that other shit you're talking about. And I went, <sighs> <laughs> okay. And it's just so easy to get distracted. And so I, I might be, you know, sounding all sage on this podcast, like, yes, well, my next phase is marketing. But I almost damn well jumped, hop, you know, bunny hopped over the top because I can see the next thing that's coming up. And I need to give this, this wee baby book, you know, I need to help it crawl and then walk and then run, you know, and absolutely dance through the world. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the next chapter. Yeah, give this book its chance to get out there to the world. There are people who need it yeah. and they need to find out about it from you. So speaking about finding out about it from you, where can <laughs> listeners find Angela? Best place at the moment because I'm in a little bit of flux with how I'm expressing myself online, but my personal site will always be there, which is AngelaRaspis.com. 
There is um, a website that's associated with the book that's sort of, you know, I'm moving and changing at the moment. And there is the Self-Worth Institute, which at the moment just has a holding page. But the number one place to connect with me is is through my website. Obviously, I'm on the socials, a couple of them. You'll find me under Angela Raspis. It's a weird surname. No one else has. Well, very few of us have it. So there's not a lot of me out there. So um, I'm on Facebook. I I dance a little on Instagram. I quite like it. Might get more into it. And I I do have a profile on LinkedIn. So and those are all accessible through the website as well. But that's where you can buy the book. It's (laughs) big bold letters to sit on the navigation. That's where you can access the book bonuses that's where you can find out about how I could help you create your next chapter which is um you know my exciting work in the world so fantastic Angela thank you so much for getting up early you guys it is so early <laughs> in Australia for her thank you for getting up thank you for joining me thank you for just working with me I've had such fun working with you and fun talking to you today and hopefully we won't wait long before we talk again Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I know that without a shadow of a doubt, this book may have found its its way into the world without your shepherding, but it wouldn't have come this year and it wouldn't be the shape and form that it's in. It wouldn't be the best expression of, of me without without you guiding me and stretching me and challenging me. It was a delight and I absolutely recommend anyone who is sitting there in that deliberation zone, having an author coach changes everything. That was where the process began so I really appreciate you thank you thank you so much I'm going to end on that wonderful note (laughs) thanks everyone 